I'm Gab, he's Jules, blue skies, no, actually cloudy skies over West London, possibly because Todd Bowley is uh, stepping oh, back, we'll be getting into that, um, we'll be getting into uh, the, the serious events in Spain with the racism Tebas apologizing, we'll see if that actually leads to, to concrete uh, action, we'll be yeah. talking about Brighton the Seagulls oh, nice. flying into the Europa League, how about Amazing. that? Uh, let's start with the Coppa Italia, because Inter come back against Argentina in the final, and Jules, Lautaro steals the show. Uh, second goal, I thought, yeah. especially, especially special. Amazing goal. In some ways, given the way Fiorentina play, given the fact that they're so open, they're so attacking, Italiano, you know, clearly an early Pep disciple yeah, in yeah, terms yeah, of, sure, of sure. wanting the ball, demanding the ball. Is this foreshadow in any way how Inter might approach? Istanbul? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there are maybe you can find similarities between the way Fiorentina play and, and Manchester City, although City are a much better team, of course, and they certainly defend better. There's they, a slight gap of quality. Yeah, and maybe yeah. of not so naive maybe than Fiorentina in some aspect of the game. But Fiorentina played well and they got the ball, they played with the ball, they created a lot of problems for, for Inter in the start of the game certainly when they scored a goal and it's a lovely goal and then especially towards maybe the last half hour or 20 minutes where Jovic really should have scored one maybe even two um, but in between we saw a very resilient clinical Inter very well organized Inter again that I think we will see exactly in the final against City yeah I mean you said there the, the in-between part the fact that they got back into the game I can give are uh, you giving the rightly credit for that yeah the last 30 minutes. What happened? I, honestly, this is what would worry me if, if, if I were Simone Inzaghi. Yeah, I Because, agree. you know what? Look, look, City are heavy favorites for the final. But you can see a scenario where Inter find themselves in the lead. It's not impossible. No, yeah. But then if that last 25, 30 minutes, you can't, you suffer the way you did. You can't keep the ball further away from your goal for extended stretches, mm -hmm. you're going to run into a serious, serious problem against Manchester City because, hey, guess what? It's not Jovic up front. It's Erling Braut, Holland. Yeah, no, you're right. And to be fair, we've, you know, we've seen Inter controlling games well, especially against, against Milan, for example, in the Champions League semi-final. But we also know that Inzaghi likes to pre-plan his, his substitutions. Mm -hmm. And then maybe sometimes not react enough to what's happening in the game because the plan is already in place and in, in his programmed everything. Where I thought some of these substitutions, I mean, the way he managed that game yesterday when they were really under pressure and they should not have been. I know Fiorentina are a good team, but Inter being 2 1 up should have been more in control of the last 20, 20 30 minutes than what they were under so much pressure. And I don't think he really addressed it and responded to it, which again, like, if that happens against City, could be a big problem. It's an interesting one because when we talk about sort of pragmatic approaches, right? Uh, you talk about reacting to the opposition. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, look, it's always a choice a manager makes. And generally, the rule of thumb is if you're stronger than the opposition, you make them react to you and, and the other way around. That's the way it's kind of been yeah. historically. Inter are a more talented team than Fiorentina. Um, but the fact is Fiorentina weren't going to react to the way Inter play. Fiorentina were going to play their, their game. game. Yeah, they were going right, to sure. take chances, yeah, yeah. and they were going to. And I kind of feel like you have to, you have to be able to to manage that. You have to be able to to, to kill that off a little bit. Um, on the substitution, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? You know what he's going to do? Boom! Gagliardini and Lukaku, yeah, Lukaku coming Lukaku, on. Exactly. 
Uh, first of all, Gallardini after, I mean, maybe he wanted him to atone for his stupid red, red card, card at the weekend. The weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but whatever, you know, he's going to be suspended in the league, fine. Um, but the, the Lukaku for Dzeko thing, Dzeko not happy. No, and I'm not wondering, at all. I, and we saw, we saw Mancini, oh, sorry, Mancini, <laughs> Freudian laps. We saw Simone Inzaghi sit there and kind of like stand in front of Lukaku, uh, of Dzeko and explain why the substitution, blah, blah, blah. It's not good optics. No. And again, like, I'm not really sure it was the right substitution to make at that time either. And Lukaku has been very good coming off the bench for them, for, for sure. There's no, no problem. And his relationship with Lautaro is great. We know that. We've known that from before, uh, before he left and come back. So, okay, I get, I get the, all of that. But I'm not sure it's the right message sent to Dzeko to start with, who you would expect him to start in the final. This is the team that's going to start yeah. unless... Of course, Mkhitaryan comes back and the Bros goes back on the bench. You've got the team there with Onana in goal, of course, and now Handanovic. But I just don't know. I mean, they won it and maybe they have that know-how because they win finals. Yeah. That's what they do. But you're right. A few things yeah. to be worried about. All right, Jules, I want to bring up the subject of Lautaro Martinez because yeah. in this inter-team, I, he's, been, he's been on fire really the last six months. Mm. That second goal... And you can do the Tekkers breakdown no, on this one. Because amazing. what strikes me is the angle at which the ball comes, to see the ball coming in, to have the coordination to get your shot off so quickly. And it's yeah. not difficult yeah, yeah, yeah. technically. Sorry, it's not easy te- te- uh, technically to get that no, shot no. off. I don't think there's many strikers in the world who can technically even do no. that. And I've been very impressed by his finishing, to be fair, in the last six months since he returned from the World Cup. Because I think before we could easily have said that talent was not an issue at all, but at times maybe the finishing let him down and we certainly saw that with, you know, with Argentina, hence why he lost his place in the team. There were other reasons as well, why Alvarez went ahead of him uh, for Scaloni, but, but also I, I felt at times, and, but he's become so, so clinical. And he was in, in the final on Wednesday night too, that second goal, even the first goal, but the first goal is more of a goal that you expect him to score, really. Right. The second one is, is harder, you're right. 26th and 27th goal of the season, which again is back-to-back seasons with over 25 goals in all competitions, which is impressive. And yes, of course, he plays with another striker, which I think probably helps him helps him than if he was on his own up front. But also means he's not the main offensive terminus, which probably hurts his goal total. Yeah, well. because he has to share. You're yeah. right, with a Dzeko, with a Lukaku, with whoever plays next to him, Joaquin Correa, whatever. Um, I, I, really think, I really think that people um, uh, undervalue him. And I, I don't really know why. I, I think if I was a top club right now, whether I play with only one up front or two, I would go for him. Really, like for all the clubs who are looking for strikers, uh, because I think he's that fantastic and he's still young and he's still, there's still room for improvement and he's strong physically and he can hold the ball up. He can do anything, really. I, mean, I think the year, a year ago, they were asking 100 million for him. Um, and I think that put people off. And then I think the World Cup also psychologically is going to put people off. And what I would say yeah, about maybe. the World Cup is it's one or two games. I mean, Erling, if you if you took Erling Haaland's two worst games of the season, and you know what was it a couple of weeks ago he, he missed a hat trick of yep. chances and stuff like that. If you play two games, if you don't see him regularly, right? Which if you play for Inter, it's not like playing for Barcelona, or Real Madrid, or playing in the Premier League. If you have a couple games like that in you know Norway's opening two games of the World Cup, and then Sorloth comes in for him, yeah, and then, and then does they, you know whatever, yeah. yeah. I, Okay, you know, like I think you have to, you have to look past that. 
it is interesting to me how he showed, you know, he had the guts to go and, 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 and the wherewithal and the will to go and turn it around. Hmm? And, and, I, and I think that, that says a lot for him. But there's a leg legitimate question about can he play on his own up front? So if he comes to United, for example, who are looking for a striker, they decide to sign him, 80 million, whatever. Can he play on his own up front for United? Can he play on his own up front for Chelsea? Can he play on his own up front for Bayern Munich? I know it depends. Can he play on his own up front for Argentina, right? Yeah. Which, which was he, effectively which what he, he was called to do. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is a fair question. I think he can. He might need a bit of time to adapt. It depends as well in what team. If it's a counter-attacking team, if it's a team with a lot of possession, I would think that he would score a lot of goals in Haaland's place in that City team, for example, or for Arsenal. Uh, and I'm sure for Chelsea and I really have no doubt that he's a top, top, top world-class striker but I think it's a fair question. It's funny when you mentioned Arsenal there because I think in terms of profile a productive Lautaro would be a really, really good fit for completely. Arsenal if the price was right and so on. Yeah, yeah, completely. Alright, it's a little game. I did this on the FC show. Some yeah. people disagreed with me. Uh, it's in your combined I'm going to compare it to you how yours compares with mine. Okay. Uh, you combine Manchester City, Inter 11. The one stipulation here is obviously when we do this, it's always a formation, right? Uh, Inter play 3-5-2. Yeah. Um, Manchester City, you know, 3-4-2-1, 4, uh, effectively 4-2-3-1, whatever. There were different variations. So yeah. I put mine in a 4-4-2 because it's the formation that God had in mind when he invented football. Yeah. And no, but I, I did it. I think for the obvious reason that realistically, you know, it, I think it's best suited to do this. So I'd like you to do the same exercise with the okay. 4 2 so we don't get into weirdo arguments. And if you people are going to say it penalizes City, fine, go ahead. So it's 4 2 Who's your goalkeeper? Is it Ederson or Onana? So I see them in a very similar way because I think the distribution is something that set them apart from a lot of other goalkeepers and they are so outstanding with the ball at their feet. Um, I'm tempted to... Play on that, to play Onana because he speaks French. And I know, I know this is very biased. <laughs> I know, I love Edison. Um, I, I really think they're, they're having quite a similar yeah. season. You know, maybe Onana because I've seen him being very decisive in some games, including the Brian Diaz save in the semi-final second leg against Milan, for example, which Edison never had to do in his semi-final second leg against Real Madrid, for example. So... Maybe Onana, but just okay. about. But please, don't, you know, don't... No, I'm, 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 I'm sure they will. I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think Ederson's had a great season. I don't know that Ederson is quite... On so many metrics, if you look at analytics, Emerson, uh, Ederson is down this year. So for that reason, I picked Onana as well. Okay. Now, the back four, yeah. let's, let's do this as a unit. Yeah. So give me your four players okay. in the back four. Uh, I think I will go Walker, Diaz, Bastoni, Di Marco. Ooh, Walker, Diaz, Bastoni, Di Marco. Bastoni, as you know, I'm a big, big, big fan. I still remember seeing him against Liverpool last season live and being pitch side, pitch side, because I was in doing the commentary for French television from behind the goal. And I, see him, I saw him all the time. He was there so close to me in the first half. It was amazing. Love him, Ruben Diaz, one of the best in the world. I love Kyle Walker for the pace and for what he brings to the team. And then the absence, the absence of left-back pure left-back for City means that I could have put Ake there, of course, but I like my left-back and my right-back to be proper. I don't want a centre-back to play there, really. So I'll go for Di Marco. Interesting. So I had three of those same four. Uh, the difference is I did not have Di Marco. 
I had Bastoni playing left back. Ah, I was, no, I was imagining on. a Pep no, right no, back. No, 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 no. No, look, it's Pep is 50%. Pep represents 50% of the managers in the Champions League final. He likes to put a center back at left back. Uh, in terms of who strikes the ball better, Bastoni or any other left back that we had a conversation? That we've had conversation Marco with. is an amazing crosser of the ball. Bastoni. We've seen so is Bastoni. No, so is Bastoni, but and Bastoni is taller. Bastoni but doesn't dye his hair more in a pace way. to go up and down his left hand side. I mean, I don't come know, on, Di Marco having more pace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever. Definitely. All right, I, I, but I had Stones in there anyway okay. with Ruben Diaz and Kyle Walker. So interesting. You already have three inter players. I'm curious to see where this goes in midfield. All right, who are your two central midfielders? So Rodri is one, and I will put John Stones there. That's why also he's not in my back four because I think John Stones. Also, my back four, my back four becomes a back three with Stones, Bastoni, Diaz, and I push yes. Walker and Di Marco really high. You're taking some tactical liberties, but yeah. that's okay. I'm allowed. Uh, I would have gone Rodri and <coughs> Kevin De Bruyne because I think Kevin De Bruyne. No, is no, no. He's a pretty good. Kevin De Bruyne there. Why? No, it's I, four, I mean, four, two. I give you that. Bernardo, I would not even allow it. I can't have Kevin De Bruyne playing next to Rodri in a four. Why not? It's a diamond. Oh no, my God! Right. Uh, uh, your wide players, Grealish and Bernardo Silva. There's not even a debate. Yeah, I um, I went with the same guys. You'll be you'll be pleased. To yeah, know. but because you put KDB, you cheated. Because you put KDB so deep, so now my KDB will be up front with Haaland as a as a kind of a one-one if you want. As much as I would love Lautaro. 4-4-2, four, four, which means two strikers. And that's why I went with Holland. <laughs> and Lautaro up front. But um, it, it's interesting, though. We, we both have... So basically, you have... all your. We both have three, three inter-players uh, in there. Two of them are the same on Anand Bastoni. All of yours are uh, defensive players. Yeah, yeah, um, I know. You know what? I, I, I think that's actually par for the course. Respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we go, I feel like we need to say something about Fiorentina yeah. because uh, they're in a Conference League final against uh, against West Ham. Uh, they had a rough start to the season. Obviously, they they have a very in-your-face owner in uh, yeah. in Rocco Camiso and Uncle Joe Barone run, yeah. running the club. Um, I think. The way they've moved on from Vlaovic this season, the football they've played, it hasn't always translated into results nope. in Serie A. It took them a while to get going, but they've played really attractive football. They're yeah. doing things the right way. They they showed a lot of courage in hiring a coach like Italiano, who yeah. is one of the most attacking-minded coaches out there. They understand the whole entertainment side of it. And look, they went with Jovic and Cabral, and it took them forever to get going, and Jovic yeah. is still frustrating. Yeah. But in the end, this is a good side. They have some really good individuals. Nico Gonzalez, obviously, who mm. opened the scoring for Fiorentina. Yeah, um, yeah, I like them a lot, Gab. I'm like you. I mean, I'm Rabat. We don't have to name them all. Jonathan Iconi, of course, plays for them. Slow start for him as well after his move. Um, but Bernard really playing well collectively, individually. Italiano doing an amazing job. Where there was a time where we thought he might have been even side because they were like second half, second second half of the table in in Serie A. But they've had an incredible second half of the season, really. And I think there will be a danger. There will be dangerous for West Ham. For the West Ham fans who are listening, who don't really know much about Fiorentina, they're very good individually and collectively. Yeah. They're not perfect, as we saw in the final against Inter. They can be a bit naive at times. I think the lack of experience is there. But they are, they are a really good team. I mean, I, I think the script for this final is generally going to be 
based also on what David Moyes has shown us this year, is going to be one-way traffic, Fiorentina with the ball, and West Ham punishing mistakes. We don't see West Ham trying to take the game to Fiorentina. I would love it. I would love it too because it would make for more of a more exciting game. game. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's been the the problem with West Ham all season. And I think they had an identity crisis for most of it. But if you start playing against these Fiorentina sides, then you could have big, big troubles. I think it would be better for West Ham to like be shut up, shut up, and play. Yeah, exactly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, enough Coppa Italia. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. The racist abuse suffered by Vinicius against Valencia continues to dominate the narrative, yeah. Jules, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah. Liga president Javier Tebas apologized for his comments on social media, uh, sort of the meet after the game in which he responded to Vinicius' mm-hmm. post, saying Vinicius had to educate himself on what La Liga were already doing before attacking the league. And it's exercise in tone deafness, I guess, Jules. Yeah, I mean, I welcome the apologies, of course, on ESPN, by the way, from Javier Tebas. Uh, speaking to uh, Gustavo Hoffman, Exactly, Gustavo. Um, but his comments were still unacceptable. And we said that on Monday, part of the problem for me is Javier Tebas. Now he's trying to defend himself for how he responded, for what he said, if people think that he's, he's racist himself or not. We should not even be there. This, sh- this should not be in the conversation. It's a good thing that he apologized and, and he did the right thing. But it was an obvious one to do. I mean, he could not have... Not everybody would have apologized. Okay, I mean, I, you, you can't travel back in time and no, take okay. it back. What I'm I don't want to is, give him too much credit for the apology. No, no, because I'm not giving him any credit. Was wrong. I'm not giving him any credit. Um, I think he can crawl, he can make his way out of the hole now by taking concrete steps mm. to make sure this doesn't happen before, this doesn't happen Happened again. again. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. You know, he's, he's asked for more powers, which, again... I spoke to people at two different clubs. They said, well, the powers of clubs to ban their own fans are already there. So he doesn't necessarily need to do that. No. He needs to keep the conversation front and center. I'm interested in the situation being resolved. I'm not interested in burying or crucifying. We buried him for his stupid comments. Yeah. He apologized. Whether he really believes that he was wrong, whether he's changed his mind, I don't care what's Tom in his head. Tell, though. No, but I, I really don't care. I care that he apologizes the statement, and I care about what he does next, and it's critical that he does the right thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, Gab, Valencia have been fined 45,000 euros, and the Mario Campes 10 will be closed for five matches as a result of the uh, racial abuse. The club feel it's unfair, though, and they are being singled out. What is your take? Jules, this is one of those more-than-one-thing-can-be-true situations. Yeah. I think this is... Pretty much unprecedented. Yeah. Um, you know, five matches, closing that stand, which is where, I don't think that's where all the racist abuse came from, but it's where some of the racist yeah. abuse came from. And I made this point before. I think you need to act on individuals and you need to act on collectives, right? So those people who were racial abusing, who we pointed on the crowd, they were detained and arrested. It's right to do that. You cannot go and detain and arrest an entire stand. The reason people take these sorts of punishments uh, in shutting down entire stands is that they want to create a collective responsibility, right? So that 
you're there, you're a Valencia fan, you don't care one way or the other about Vinicius. So if the guy next to you starts racially abusing him, you might shut up. But if you know that him racially abusing him might mean that you get hit and your stand is closed, you might tell him, hey, cut it out. Yeah. Or you might signal to the steward, hey, this guy's being a Muppet. Yeah. Get him out of here, right? That That's the idea behind these closures. Valencia is saying, well, wait a minute. When this happened elsewhere, you didn't go and close stands for five games. But the thing is, I think if you're, if you're La Liga, you can say before is before. Now exactly. is now. I don't have an issue with it. People will point to the fine and say, oh, it's a pittance. You know, but... Like, fines for football clubs always seem small. I don't think it's the fine to the football club that really matters. Mm. They're going to lose revenue yeah. from, from having that stand close for five games. Um, I'm okay with it. Uh, collective cool. punishments are unfair because they, they're unfair to the people in the stands. That's one way to look at it. But you look at it saying, you guys have to be responsible for the people around you as well. Yeah, and but for me, they should have they should have done that a long time ago in the other stadiums where Vinny was racially abused as well. And but you have you to can't find the individual, definitely. Yeah, you have to to start somewhere. So you start now, uh, and you identify you identify the guys who 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 made the racial abuse. You also ban them, but you have to go strong because this has to stop. And unless you go strong on them, and unfortunately, it's Valencia this time, but hopefully. This will make the other things, like you said, and it's not ha going to happen again. No, I agree with you. One other point, too, about this whole like society, blah, blah, blah. Um, the only people, you know, you know, the Tebas talked about how they passed on documentation of yeah. the racist incidents. To this day, so there were nine incidents this year. Uh, eight of them concerned Vinicius. One of them concerned Iñaki Williams. Yeah. Are we, to, are we to believe that those two are the only two people in the entire Liga? who were racially abused this season. Do you I believe that? So, no. I would, what I would love to see, hint, Me hint too. to anybody out there listening, call up the 20 clubs privately, confidentially, and say, hey, did any of your players of color, did, they, were any of them, did any of them feel racially abused this season? I'm pretty sure it's going to be yeah, more I than two. I think so too. On the page, Real Madrid beat Rayo 2-1, and your boy Benzema got on the score sheet. It's Kareem a dead rudder. dream. Dead rubber. Yeah. Anything you learned? You know what, Gab? I mean, I watched that game not for the football, but... Unfortunately, unfortunately, again, for what was around there, I love the fact that the players were all wearing the Vinicius uh, shirt on. He was there not playing because he he could have played because his red card obviously has been rescinded. Uh, but he has a bad knee, so he didn't play. But he was there. He was sat in the stand with Florentino Perez. He was on the pitch before the game as well. I think the support, he really loved the support from the whole stadium, which you know is to be expected, of course. Yeah, yeah. And the, the players, I like the Rodrigo celebration for the winning goal right at the end of the game with the... Uh, Clenched you know, the, fist salute. Exactly. Channeling uh, his inner uh, Mexico City 1968. Exactly. Uh, and that's what I love. The rest, I mean, come All on. Right. And back to Sunday's game, Gabina, because the video assistant referee, so the VAR referee in that match, Ignacio Iglesias Villanueva, has been suspended by La Liga and won't officiate again this season. It's down to the images that he showed referee, the referee of the game, Ricardo de Burgos Bengoechea, that led to Vinicius being sent off after his clash with Hugo Duro. So basically, yeah. it seemed that he showed only the moment where Vinicius was hitting back at right. Duro, but not when, he, when Hugo Duro was like... He had him in a headlock, yeah. yeah. Um, weird. I don't. Weird. It's weird. I don't. Uh, people are linking this to the racism. I don't know that that applies. It should be relevant. Shows you how important it is to have competent VARs who can make the right decisions. So the referee can only act on the pictures that he was shown. Uh, to me personally, I think they should have both been sent off. Yeah, completely. Um, 
rescinding Vinicius's red card to me does what he did was still, in my opinion, still a red card of offense. The fact that the other guy should have been sent off too. Um, but I guess since you can't go back and, yeah. and suspend Hugo Duro, apparently, uh, you can go and do the, you, you know, you, you have to rescind Vinicius's card to make it all equal. Whatever. I, I hope this leads to people being more grown up and more understanding of how yeah. VAR is supposed to work. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, time for some more quick hits. Yes, Brighton and Manchester City battle to a 1-1 draw at the Amex, which means the Seagulls will fly into the Europa League next year, uh, which we kind of knew there was going to be anyway. They were going to do it anyway unless they lost by like... Yeah. Nine goals to Villa on the last day of the season. But anyway, Rustin. Uh, this is a fun, open game and a great goal from Nciso. Yeah, amazing goal from Julio Nciso, only 19 years of age. What a player he looks like he's going to become. Uh, amazing game. It's not often, and we said that, especially towards the end of the season where City have been so good. And even if Pep made a lot of changes and He rotation, brought the A-team back up front. It was just at the back. But still, got a bit uh, funny. to have Brighton with more XG uh, or better XG, more touches in the in the opposition box than City had in the Brighton box, uh, more shots, more shots on target, more everything that you want, was very, very impressive. And, of course, City could have scored more. Brighton could have scored more. In the end, maybe that the draw is fairish. Um, but I thought it was a great game, really. And I think... It was a meaningless game, but it was a great game. It was great it was fun game, to yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. Really, really fun to watch. Sticking with City, uh, this is what Guardiola said about the Premier League investigation into the club. What I would like is if the Premier League and the judges could make the judgment as soon as possible, then if we've done something wrong, everybody will know it. And if we are, like we believe as a club for many years, in the right way, then the people will stop talking about that. We would love for it to happen tomorrow. No, this afternoon will be even better. <laughs> Your thought, I mean, it's pretty obvious that everybody wants to know the outcome as soon as possible. Right, but then the obvious thing is, why don't you get on the phone to your boss and say, hey, tell the lawyers to stop delaying uh, just to cooperate. I mean, this is the same thing, right? Oh, Obviously, they want to have so. a judgment. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a reality for Pep Guardiola where he just wants to get this over with. It's also because most of the charges, you know, incidentally, of these charges anyway, uh, deal with before he came. So he's not really touched or affected no, by the charges. True. But if you're Manchester City, you're going to fight your court. You're not going to trust the system. You're going to use everything you can. I mean, there's, you know, the alleged email from Khaldun back back in the day before the UEFA investigation where he said, you know, I'd rather spend $30 million a year uh, on lawyers for 10 years uh, and that's why they've they've filed legal challenges even in 2021 yeah. the high court said that they're, not, not, they need to cooperate they need to yeah, you know providing the, the documents again, or the information I don't fault Manchester City for doing that for for defending themselves and using the legal system yeah, to yeah. defend themselves they have every right to do that but then, Pep, don't give me this, oh, like this makes it seem like it's the Premier League's fault. No, it's not the Premier League's fault no. that it's taking time. They're not the ones uh, who are asking people to recuse themselves and filing whatever legal challenges they can. Barcelona lose to Valladolid 3-1 as Xavi mixes up the squad. And Kyle Lahren shines. Yeah. Second best Canadian striker in the of world. Of course. Jose, at this stage of the season, teams that need points, like Valladolid, usually get them against teams that don't need them, like Barcelona. 
Yeah, and our friend Eric Garcia started for Barcelona. So hey, guess what happened? They yeah, lost he, because he's not good. And he played uh, it, played the guy on the side for uh, one of the goals. Oh <laughs> but he was more I mean, there's a crazy start, really. There's nothing, you know. There's nothing to talk about this game. Yeah. But except that the fact that Barca have considered now more games in the last, yeah. uh, that Barca have considered more goals in the last five games than they had in the previous 31 or 32 in the season, which, which is incredible. Which also shows you that nobody really cares yeah, about poor Marc-Andre Ter Stegen and his clean sheet I record and whatever. Him. I felt for him a little bit. Juventus had a horrible Monday, uh, moments before uh, their kickoff against the, 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 the kickoff in the Empoli game, they found that the 10 pounds penalty was reinstated and that they went out and lost to Empoli as well in a really, really bad way. They're back to seventh place now, Gab, five points back uh, of the top four and they face Milan on Sunday. So they can still do it if they win their remaining two games, including the Milan one, and hoping for the other results to go that way, they can still clinch top four. They can clinch top four. The other problem is, of course, is the parallel investigation and the bonuses. That'll come back to haunt them at some way. There's you know, school thought that says they're better off that they don't get into Europe because otherwise UEFA will have to investigate them for financial yeah. fair play. Um, I, it's a bad situation. I think we knew the penalty was going to be there because, remember, when the points were reinstated, uh, they basically sent it back to this court and saying, look, we agree with your logic and finding them guilty, but you need to explain how you arrived at 10 points. So yeah. they reviewed it, and that's how they came up with a 10-point uh, situation. I think if you're Juve, you want clarity. You want all this to be over so you can know how you can rebuild and get out of the hole that you're in. Bukayo Saka has extended his deal with Arsenal and will earn Ooh. around 12 million euros a season, or 200 grand a week. Jules, it's important that they got this done. Equally yeah. important is locking down William Saliba and Martin Udegaard, who become free agents in 2024 and 2025, respectively. Yeah, that's right. You've done Saka. Ramsdale, Martinelli uh, now it's turn of Saliba and Odegaard and the discussions are continuing it's good you want them for the longer term you don't want to be in a position where you risk losing them and especially right. for little money and they, they, they are very important players to the squad so like get this done now yeah exactly back to that UV points penalty Gabi first they got a 15 points penalty and that was taken away now reinstated as a 10-point penalty, Jose Mourinho isn't happy about it, but neither are other clubs. Yes, and Jose Mourinho is right uh, on this occasion, um, as are the other clubs. His point is, look, if we knew that they were going to get the 10-point penalty back, then I would have approached these games, some of these games, yeah, that we played, in a different way. I yeah. wouldn't have put all my eggs into the Europa League basket, and maybe we would have had more points and we'd be in the Champions League spots. Um, my answer to that would be, it's true. It's unfortunate. But, you, you know, sometimes this is the price you pay for having a, a, as fair a process as you can have towards Juve. They had a right to their appeals. Yeah. Um, the courts operated a certain way because, because they did. And I also feel that, you know, maybe to some degree you're also deflecting a little bit because, not that Mourinho would ever do that, um, because, frankly, um, everybody knew that they were going to get some level point. It's Definitely. not like the higher court says, oh, no, this is unfair. Get rid of it. They were going to get some kind of point yeah, yeah. reinstated. Bloomberg report that uh, Todd Bowley will step back from his day-to-day -day role at Woo! Chelsea. They say it's been taking up 50% of his time. He wanted to take up only 20% of his yeah. time. Uh, good move. Does this mean Chelsea are going to be 30% better? Uh, what about 0% of your time, Todd? Maybe that would be great. Maybe you should have never had any sort of involvement into the, the way the club is functioning day in and day out. Just hire a guy, which is apparently what he's, what he's about to do. Yeah. Hire a guy to do it. If you don't like the way exactly. he does it, get rid of him. Exactly. But please, don't get involved anymore. I mean, it makes a laugh. We've got plenty of great stories to tell our friends and our 
listeners and our viewers about you, but you haven't done great. So, you know, let's, it's time to move on, I think. The 36 Bundesliga 1 and 2 clubs have rejected a league proposal gap to secure a $2.2 billion investment from a private equity firm, as we saw in France, for example, or in Spain, in exchange of 12.5% of broadcasting revenue over the next 20 years. What did you make of that? So they needed a, a two-third majority of 36 clubs. 20 actually voted in yeah. favor. 11 voted no. Five of them abstained. Why you would abstain on this, I have no idea. Um, I think this goes to show that the Bundesliga has its own model, its own way of doing things. And they don't want to go corporate. Well, some, way, do. Some, well, do, some do. Some do. Some do. But overall, um, I think this was all very much a reaction to the fans. I mean, the fan, the people who voted against uh, did so. Mm. You know, Not because they don't want extra money now, but because the fans worry that having these people involved will somehow minimize uh, their votes. I, I, there's different models out there. I love the fact that there's middle, different models. I love the fact that there's one model in, in, in England and then in Spain a little different, in France a little different. Uh, we're not all the same. The problem comes when you're asked to compete at European level. But I think the vast majority of Bundesliga fans, they say, no, my club, my league, this is what's important to me. I want my voice to continue to be heard. And you know what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Most fan-friendly league in Europe. Yeah. This was way back on Monday in another formality, but Newcastle and Leicester City battled to a nil-nil draw. Sorry, formality for Newcastle, not so much for Leicester. Yeah. This means a tune back in the Champions well League for the first time in many, many years. Jules, they're only the second club from outside the Big Six to qualify for the Champions League since yeah, 2005. Right. So maybe now it's a Big Seven? I think he looks like it, Gabby, for sure. If they can sustain this, of course, and build on this season. They were 11th last season. It's an amazing achievement for them to finish third. Well done to Eddie Howe. We don't know yet after third. No, but like... Finish you know, top four. Yeah, yeah. Top Sorry, four. I just don't want to get the United fans No, 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 no. But, like, you know, third or fourth, even that. Um, many have Eddie Howe as the manager of the season, which I completely can, I can completely understand. They should have won that game. They had plenty of chances. Hit the woodwork so many times. But, hey, they were still very happy with the draw. First time back in the Champions League for 20 years. So it's a great achievement for them. So well done. Well done to Newcastle, Eddie Howe and everybody involved at the club. Borussia Dortmund have a chance to be crowned champions on Saturday if they equal or better Bayern Munich's result. Jude Bellingham is back in training, which is huge. He missed the last game, of course, at the weekend. But Gab, are you surprised that sporting director Sebastian Kiel says that the club have not yet received any offers for Bellingham? No, I'm not surprised at all because I think he knows full well that... Uh, the way these things work is they work out the deal with Bellingham and Bellingham's people first. Yeah. And then Bellingham says, I want to leave. And, you know, it makes no sense to go and try to negotiate with Borussia Dortmund Definitely. first. Now, in, back in the day, formerly, it was like, oh, you're tampering with a player or, you know, you need to ask the club for permission to speak to the players. In the real world, that's not how it works. So I'm not surprised. There's suggestion that Bellingham has some sort of unofficial understanding. There's an unofficial price, which may or may not be true. I think Dortmund also know that, you know, you have to have some understanding. And they already have a number in mind. I think the buying clubs have a number in mind yeah. as well. Atletico Madrid go 3-0 up against Espanyol, but then fall apart in the second half and Fred it finishes 3-3, keeping Espanyol's hopes of avoiding relegation alive. Yeah, just about with the two games to go for, for Espanyol in La Liga. They're three points behind, I think. 
three points back, they could have done with winning it. But to be fair, when they were three 0 down and Atleti were in control, complete control of the game, it looked more like they could lose five or six nil than going back to three three. They came back, they even had the goal that was rightly disallowed for offside. It was a great, to watch. It was an amazing end. The atmosphere in the stadium was fantastic. Well done to them for batting out. I mean, I'm not really sure what Simeone made of that. I don't think he was happy. But, but you know, from the, the player's the point of view, man, they stopped playing completely. You know the discussion we've had on and off about who finishes second, it isn't yeah, important. Yeah. I think you and Simeone are genuinely the only people who care but who finishes second. I'm happy that, you know, I'm on the same line as, uh, as El Cholo, that's for sure. <laughs> and sticking with that game, Gab, there's uh, no goal line technology, of course, and from the picture that we saw in the game, it's not obvious that the Antoine Griezmann goal, the second one for Atletico Madrid, should have stood. So people are getting kind of bent out of shape uh, about this. And look, I think it's right that they do because, you know, Espanyol would have had two extra points at the end of this and they could get relegated yeah. by a point um, or two points or whatever. That said, those are the rules, right? They don't use the goal line technology. They use the VAR cameras to, to decide to if they make yeah. a mistake. But let's not forget... This is the way football worked until four or five years ago. There's also an assistant referee who yeah. makes those decisions. Yeah. Um, I don't know that goal line technology costs so much money that you can't go and implement it. Uh, I know the technology keeps getting more sophisticated and more advanced. In the Coppa Italia final, they used a special uh, ball like with a chip in it where yes, they determine if right. the ball went out of play and whatever. Seems OTT, but maybe we'll all take it for granted in a few years. Maybe. It is interesting, though, with the goal line tech, because, like I said, this could have far-reaching implications for Espanyol and for, I think it's uh, uh, Cadiz and, and Valladolid, the yeah. other teams that are still at risk of going down. ESPN and others are reporting that Arne Slot will turn down the chance to join Spurs. Jules, one of our colleagues, says that... Yes. This is summer of 2021 vibes of when they course. pursued everyone from Gattuso to Fonseca before settling on Nuno Espirito Santo. That worked out great. Yeah. Um, your thoughts? I mean, I would have loved to see Arne Slot there. I think he's doing an amazing job at Feyenoord. Uh, I think he says a lot that he doesn't want to go to Spurs and want to stay at Feyenoord. Uh, next season, playing the Champions League, of course, which Spurs can't afford. Did he say he wants to stay at Feyenoord or did he just say he doesn't want to go to Spurs? No, he said that he wants to stay at Feyenoord. Um, so, which again, there's Champions League against no Champions League, or maybe not Europe at all. I can understand that for Spurs. Again, you sh this should not happen two summers in a row. You can't, you should have a plan. And it looks like right now they don't have a plan. They go for different managers who have different profile. Yeah. Whoever is the next one on the list, okay, Nagelsmann and Pochettino and Arne Slot, and then what, Postecoglou or Potter or Rogers or Mason. And or it's Lopetegui. just like, or Lopetegui. Hey. You know what about Nuno is free. Nuno again, if you Stop can it. see him, uh, bring him back to the club. So I, I, I think, um, look, I think Arne Slot would have been a great uh, uh, appointment for them. I also love the fact that Arne Slot says, you know what? I'm backing myself. Because let's face it, right? Feyenoord are historically financially the third force in Holland. Yeah. And you know the next season, Ajax aren't going to be, you know, the, 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 the car crash that they were this year. They're going to be back and they're going to be stronger. For sure. Base Eindhoven, Ruud van Nistelrooy moving on. Yeah. Presumably they'll come back, right? So it's difficult to go and have another season. It's difficult to, to remain kind of flavor of the month. But the man's 44 years old, so he figures he's got a bunch of years left. Maybe he even says, you know, I've done this twice in a row in difficult situations. Let's not forget, he rebuilt that Feyenoord team. This one's all his players. Four or five of his Which top players. Which they might players. do again this summer, by the way. It might happen again. 
if he can prove himself again, he comes at it from a from a stronger position. Yeah, true. From Spurs, I think the single biggest indictment, look, we're only going by what we read in the papers and the bookies' favorites and whatever. Nagasman, Luis Enrique, great managers, totally different profiles. Yeah, completely. I think That's this why is, it's a mess. This, you need to start with the director of football yeah, and a footballing vision. Remember that guy, Roman Abramovich, Gav? Well, when sanctions uh, for the Russia-Ukraine conflict forced him to sell Chelsea for $2.5 billion to Todd Brady and his mates, he promised to give the funds to a foundation uh, for the victims of the war. And according to the Times, the money is still sitting in his account. I find this extraordinary. It's, it's, but it's not Abramovich's fault. Yeah. It's one year. There's a story in the Times by, by Martin Ziegler that explains the whole thing. This money has been sitting in his, uh, Abramovich's company is called Fordstam. It's been sitting in, their, in his account. I don't even want to, I'm sure I could calculate how much interest that $2.5 earned in one year of just sitting there yeah. in yeah. this account. Um, they, the government hired a guy from UNICEF to run this foundation. They had to jump through all sorts of legal hoops and whatever else. Now they're saying, oh, finally, hopefully next week we can we can get the money across to the foundation but think of the ways think of this think money's yeah. going to go to good to, to, to a good purpose right to help rebuild ukraine to to, to provide assistance to people who've been displaced refugees and so on think of the absolute waste the guy said look you know we've had three different governments here in the uk three different prime ministers um it's been slow going and this is you know my feelings on lawyers and yeah. the law and legal proceedings i do it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. When you wrote the freaking rules, when you forced this man to sell his club, rightly so, with the sanctions, whatever, you could have put in whatever the rules were to make sure that this money went to a good cause quickly when it was most needed. Yeah. And instead, you couldn't do it because you were messing around with stupid political nonsense. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say. I just hope eventually it's put to good use. Ingman have announced their squad for the upcoming internationals. There's no Raheem Sterling. No. I suspect you'd rather talk about Harry Maguire because he is there. He's not in the list, is he? <laughs> is he on the list? Josh, he's the England captain. Are you surprised? How is Harry Maguire still capped by Gareth Southgate? I mean, that, I think he tells a lot about Gareth Southgate and you know how much, how very little, um, uh, what's the words? Okay. Just Belief, put it, let's faith, put it having nicely. Gareth Southgate. Put it nicely. Gareth he's, Southgate is not a, a good He's a far better coach. person than he is a football manager. Exactly. And he's a very he's good person. Good. He's a good person. I don't rate him as a, as a football manager, as you all know it by now. That Sterling is not in the squad, it makes completely sense. That Eberechi is there, for example, is in the squad. I like that. I like the idea and the thinking. Louis Dunk, the same. Really good season with Brighton. I think Desabi took Dunk, who's 31, by the way. So he might not be at the Euros, he might not, but at least now, certainly now, he deserves that call up because he's been one of the best centre backs in the league. Why is Harry Maguire doing in that list? Why was the. You can't keep telling people. Haven't picked Sterling, haven't picked Mount, haven't picked so so and so because they don't play enough for their clubs, and yet called Harry Maguire, who never plays, and when he plays away, Sevilla is a disaster. So he's the England captain. That's why he's there. I have a slightly different view on this, which is simply that realistically, you know, you're playing is it North Macedonia in and somebody Malta. else, right? In Malta, right? So you're not going to be stretched. This is an opportunity for you to assess the players you have um, and assess guys who could be part of it in the future. But so, so like take Maguire, just said to him, listen, have a rest. It's June. Go on holidays. I'm he's well rested. Luke, he has a I'm going to call Dunk. I'm going to call 
I don't know, consume whoever he wants, but come on. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you on Levi Colwell. Um, I could see that. I could also see, to be honest, if you want to give, I think different players need to be handled differently psychologically, right? So I don't think we can think of the England team, we should not think of the England team as a reward for good performances, right? So that's why Lewis Dunk, if you want to reward him, no, it's not about a reward. It's, it's about re it's, building it's, a squad and keeping a squad. Yeah, but it's never about rewards. You, you pick the best players of your country. Louis no, Dunk right now no. is one of the you best. You pick England. the players who are going to be, who are going to, to make up the best possible team at the Euros in 2024. So if you think Louis Dunk is a shot at doing that, it's not like he's going to be 50 years old in 2024. No. Fine, right? Um, but with Maguire, you know, you figure he's certainly well-rested because he hasn't played much. And you still believe that he can turn it around. I'm okay with that. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Jordi Alba will leave Barcelona this summer as a free agent, giving up the final year of his contract. Gab is 34 and lost his starting place to Alejandro Balde this season in the team, but he had a glittering career. Yeah, and I think actually he still has something to give uh, in a different role, not to Barcelona, obviously. Uh, it's interesting we he forego the last year. Of, uh, he yes. said to forego the last year of his contract. So did Sergio Busquets. What I did not read, maybe you did, and correct me if I'm wrong. Did these people give up money, or did they? I think in this case, or did they take a payout? And in the Busquets case, I I believe that it's, it's true that they they just walked away yeah. and said, "Oh, I don't I don't want the." It's not like I'll take part of it to leave now. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a credit to them. If that's the case, it would be. Yeah. People forgive. People sometimes forget how good Jordi Alba was for so long and a great Barcelona team. Yep. The understanding with Messi, his Incredible. crosses. He lost his place because Xavi took Barcelona in a different direction where they played a different sort of football. And that sort of left. And he's 34. I mean, doesn't work. Point, no, at 34, it's not going to work. I think even when he was younger, it wouldn't yeah, have come yeah. natural for him. Jordi Alba is a converted winger. Let's not forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think in the right team, maybe a team that pays a back three, uh, if he's fit, the quality can make all the difference. I and I think he still has something. He still has something to give. Mm. Mason Mount is twelve months away from free agency, and there's no progress in talks with Chelsea. Manchester United, Liverpool, and Arsenal are all supposedly sitting there yes. waiting to pounce. Ready. Chelsea, we're told, have put a number on him. Yeah. How do you see it, Jules? Um. I mean, he's clearly, he's not going to extend his contract there. I mean, I don't think that you're hundred percent certain it's not going to happen. The last time they spoke was in February. What if the new manager says, I want Mason Mount? I know, but... The new manager who is... Mauricio Pochettino. Who hasn't signed yet, yeah? Who hasn't that, signed that, that yet. Manager, we still okay. don't believe will be the next manager. I just don't understand. Can you, can you tell me why he hasn't signed yet? Or I why they haven't know. announced the signing? Maybe he's on holidays yeah. somewhere okay, yeah. where, yeah. where you know, he can't receive his emails yeah. and do a signing thing. Like, or know, like somebody told me on social media. They haven't announced that he signed because they don't want to undermine Frank Lampard's job Ooh. and make his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. Um, I'm a big fan of Mason Mount, and so are you, Gabby. I know that. Um, I think if you're United, Liverpool, Arsenal, and you can smell the bargain there, you. What I, is the right price for Mason Mount? The right price with a player like him is 50 million pounds. This is, this is the price that you would pay for Gabriel Jesus with a year left on the contract for Ryan Sterling, more or less. They're between 45, 55, like in that kind of bracket. Chelsea right now asking for 70 million pounds, 7-0. For someone who's just one year left on this contract, it's ridiculous. I think it's not helping his case. And I th whether you think that you know, Chelsea should make it easy to sell him for everything that is given to the club or not. But 
But 70 is ridiculous, I think. You know? No, I, I, I think 70 is completely out of line, especially given the season he's had and given the fact that he has the leverage to become a free agent he's in a year's time. powerful position. I think they're counting on the fact that because he came through the ranks at Chelsea, because he's very attached to the club, yeah. um, that you know he's not going to run his contract down. I wouldn't take it, take that for granted at all. He's changed agents. He's tried different different opportunities. I think if somebody rocks up, given Chelsea's financial situation, even with $40 million, They need to sell, yeah. I think you have to let him go relative to losing out for nothing. Um, and I think it would be a shame because I know Nkunku's come in. I know like there's still people thinking they're going to sign Joel Felix. You're talking attacking midfielders. We've, we've been through Chelsea, right? Yeah. Can you tell me right now, who are Chelsea's central attacking midfielders? Connor Gallagher's been playing in that position. I know. Well, so, with all the love in the world for Connor yeah, Gallagher, yeah, yeah. he's not Mason. No, but now. you can always play Sterling Central, Ziyech Central, Pulisic Central right. if you want. Joe yeah, Felix Pulisic has got a year left on his contract. Joe Felix is not a Chelsea player. Ziyech, you tried to sell. Ziyech, you tried to sell. I mean, no, but well, it makes no sense for Chelsea not to keep Mason Mount. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand unless he really wanted too much money. Which again, I'm sure you could find an agreement somewhere. There's ways around it. There's yeah, ways around surely. it. Surely. The Guardian reports that Manchester United are preparing a bit for Harry Kane. Gab, is this a good idea? If you get, again, this, there are no bad assets. There are only incorrectly priced assets. Yeah. If, you get, if you get Harry Kane at the right price, I think Harry Kane's got many years left. I mean, not many, like 10, but many, like a good three or four. I think it can give the club a real lift. Yeah. I think... His his intelligence, his football intelligence on the pitch. I think it would be a really good match uh, for what um, for what Eric Ten Hag wants. Um, would I spend a hundred million for Harry Kane? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend a hundred million on Anthony either. So that's where you get into the number. What is the right number uh, for Harry Kane? Um, but yeah, by all means, they should be tracking him and. And again, from Kane, as you know, I'm not one of those people who says, oh, you no. have to move on to win medals because if you wanted to move on to win medals, I'm not sure you'd be going to Manchester United. Hey. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Manchester United won something this season, didn't they? Yeah, the Carabao Cup, so he yeah. would have won that. And they could win the FA Cup too, I'm told. There you go. Exactly. ESPN are reporting that Qatar Sports Investments, the folks who own Paris Saint-Germain, right. are considering a bid for a controlling stake in Santos, of course, as the club of Pelé. Yes, Jules. and are you buying this? Yes, of course, Gab. This, they want to get into this multi multiple club ownership. They've, <laughs> they've, only, they've only realized it's a thing now. It's a thing now. So they have, I think, 25% of Braga, for example, in Portugal. Mm. Uh, they want to go a bit further with Santos. I think Neymar's father um, is also involved no, in the negotiation, really? of course. Neymar starting his career, as we all know, as Santos. Um, so I can see this one happen. They, they wanted a South American club. They've wanted one for quite a while. Uh, they've looked also a bit in England, a bit of Spain. I think Malaga is a club that they, they, they're talking to. So little by little, they're making it. You know me. I mean, you know more than me about having multiple clubs in your stable, really. I don't really, really see the benefit of it. You know, you can be like the RB group, of course, or you can be like the City group. Nobody has benefited from it other than RB. And other those situations where it's like only two clubs, like uh, Brighton and Union yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. right? But it's a great idea. Let's pool our scouting resources. Let's pool our commercial resources. Pool our medical resources. 
nobody has been able, and city haven't been able to make it work either. Mm. Certainly not in terms of bringing people through. How many people go from Yokohama Marinas to Melbourne City to New York, you know, yeah. other than Tati Castellanos, yeah, yeah. for example. But that was because they couldn't find enough. Nobody would buy him. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. So uh, it's, uh, it's a nice idea. It's yeah. hard to actually pull off. And I have done it much of a in QSI. And you know my thoughts. I think they're going to put a big for sale sign on Paris Saint-Germain yeah, very soon. Yeah, you said that for one now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Andrea Pirlo has been sacked by Fatih Karagumruk in Turkey with three games to go. I mean, Gab, will we see him again soon? Yeah, Fatih Karagumruk. Someone with just three games to go when they've got nothing to play for anymore. Yeah, and they finished ninth in the table, which I think is pretty much where they were expected to finish. I think so. Um, Fatih Karagumruk is a club. It's a football club. It's not a person, by the way, <laughs> for those who are wondering. No, because Fatih is a, yeah, it's a, is, it's a common well. Turkish yeah, name, yeah, yeah, right? True. It's kind of like, you know. I don't know, George Nothing Vlogs, to do with Ansu either. You know. <laughs> um, I think so. I, I think there's a really good manager in there. Um, I don't think you can... I, I think the Juve job may be too soon, whatever. I mean, look at it in practical terms and results. They were not a disaster in difficult situations. I hope you learned something. I think the reason you go to challenge yourself in another league is to is to grow as a person. Yeah. Credit for him for doing that. Yeah, I want to see him back, and I want to see him, if he wants to keep managing, I'm curious to see what he can do. Will still plans to be back at Stad Rams next yeah. season. Jules, I think there was more than one Premier League club sniffing around the ginger <laughs> Anglo-Belgian enfant prodige. That's right, Gabi. And I like the fact that he wanted to stay another season at Reims and keep the learning process. He's going to do his you know, full badges because remember, he was obviously didn't have the, all the badges. So it was costing his club £22,000 for every game that he was managing for them. So that would be done. So they won't have to pay anything anymore. And also, I think he will keep learning and, and improving as a head coach. I don't think he was ready now for the Premier League anyway. Whoever that was, or even in the Championship, like, let's say, Southampton, someone told me that they were quite keen at some point. I don't think he was ready yet. I think he could very much do with one other season. He's still very, very young, let's not forget. 30 years old, so give him time. He will come at some point. He will come home, wherever home is for him, I don't know, uh, where he feels like he belongs the most. But there's no doubt that there's so much talent that eventually he will come to the Premier League. But I think now would have been too early, too soon. I'm curious just on this issue um, because we know, well, Chelsea maybe, Chelsea has appeared to have appointed a manager. Spurs need a manager. Paris Saint-Germain, I'm assuming, will be looking to appoint somebody to replace yeah, Christophe yeah, Gaultier. Yeah, yeah. By the way, why are there no murmurings about this? No, there is a lot. Who? What about in the PSG job? Yeah. Yeah, no, there are a lot. They, they're discussing a lot internally. Yeah, um, but are they to, have they actually spoken to anybody? Yeah, I think... What we, names have come out? Thiago Mota, Marcelo Gallardo. Gallardo, who gets linked with Paris Saint-Germain every six yeah, months. But he's, yeah, Thiago but Mota, who's a former Paris Saint-Germain player. Yeah, okay. uh, Jose Mourinho, of course, because of the link with Luis Campos and Jorge Mendes, who's very influential in this process, by the way. Um, you know, I think there's a few... 
Abel Ferra, for example, that they really, really like in Brazil, um, the Portuguese coach, even Ruben Amorim, who I think was in contention when they chose the okay. Marseille guy instead. So they're there. I think they're, they're searching, let's wrap up the league, and then and then I think they will properly go for it. All right, they're going to wrap up the league this weekend, right? Uh, West Hasbro, I'm really hoping so, please. <laughs> because... You don't want to be winning the league at home because otherwise you'll just get booed. And the last game of the season as well. That's embarrassing. <laughs> that would be so embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Newly installed US Soccer Federation Sporting Director Matt Crocker says that they hope, he hopes, to have a permanent manager by the end of the summer and that Anthony Hudson will be in charge until then. But it might take longer. Gahab, I guess, they would rather get it right than move too quickly. So, at first, I thought, oh, look, here's a chance for me to make fun of them um, because this is stupid, right? Like, well, you know, how long could it possibly take? Yeah. But then I thought, you know what? They're not playing any, you know, Gold Cup, whatever. But, like, I, with all due respect to the Gold Cup and its significance within CONCACAF, the more you leave Hudson in there, it's kind of like a win-win situation, a house money situation, because if you do well, mm-hmm. then it's good. If you do badly, then you can say, oh, we're testing new things and don't worry, Hudson's just a a caretaker. So maybe you do wait longer to try to get it right. Um, I mean, I would hope. Why why can it take so long? I don't understand why. They're waiting for people to... No, they had to go and... Well, first they had to go. They said, all right, we're going to appoint a sporting director. And it's a big deal because they appointed a guy from outside the U.S. soccer family. Family. Um, First time they have somebody who, you know, didn't grow up at cookouts and barbecues (laughs) and reign a household with Ernie Stewart and God knows who else. Um, Crocker, of course, for those who don't know, he was at Southampton for many years. He was at the FA as well. Mm. Um, Give this guy time. Give this guy speak to, time to speak to stakeholders. I, I'm okay. I'm actually okay. okay. With this. I, so I went into okay. this. I went into this rationally saying like, "Oh, this is stupid. Why are they so rubbish?" Right? But then I thought, you know what? It doesn't really matter. World Cup is in 2026. Take your time. Get who you think is the best possible guy in. You, you know, it's not like it's not like Anthony Hudson's. You know, a muppet either. You know, he can go. He can coach a team. Nobody really cares if you win the Gold Cup or not this summer. It's about development towards 2026, right? Very true. So yeah, I'm all right with that. Andres Iniesta is leaving Vissel Kobe. He's not retiring. He's 39 years old. He just announced on Instagram that he's coming back to Barcelona. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but, Sony, but he says he's not retiring. No, he still has his house in Barcelona for sure. Um, I, I respected massively the fact that he went to Japan, to be fair, um, to learn a different culture, to be there with his family. He did really well over there. Now, 39, he still wants to play. Good, good on him. I mean, there's not many places that he can go, really. Maybe the Kings League? No, I the think Jerpy. he still aims better than that. But, but maybe Saudi Arabia, I don't know, maybe... MLS, I still think that he could do a job in MLS for, for you know, maybe not consistently and playing the full season. But I, I would think that even at 40, almost 40 years old, he can still give something to a squad, to a team. But again, maybe not playing every minute of every game of, of the whole season. Uh, I mean, I wonder I w- if he wants to play still, he must be in good shape, right? Fitness-wise, because otherwise he knows that he won't be able to last that long. So I, I think with his style and at that age, being in good shape simply means being able to avoid injuries rather than you know going and sprinting and running around yeah, the pitch. Not that he not, did much of that no, before. No, exactly. Either. Anyway, he, um, he would play deeper anyway. But no, I, I hope he sticks around so people can see him on YouTube highlight clips and whatnot because 
He was a special player, and it's yeah. it's Nara. Um, equally, you know, he hasn't spoken out very much over the years. He's always been kind of certainly quieter than Xavi, for example. Um, I'm really curious what is what is next move. Yeah, is. we see, we see. But good luck to you, Andres. You know, if you're listening. And Argentina guard making the most of being the world champions. For yeah, sure. that's right. So basically. Obviously, Argentina, as a country, in a very difficult um, economic position, um, but they won the World Cup, and so the AFA are taking advantage of the fact that um, you know South there is no qualifying for the Copa America, so South American qualifying for the 2026 World Cup, which they won't have to do anyway, uh, doesn't start for a while. So yeah. um, they're saying, let's go on tour. And Let's play they, some they, friendlies. They sold their rights to a Chinese promoter. They're reportedly getting eight million dollars a game, which a is a game. Wow, which is a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. Uh, and one of their first games is going to be against Australia, a rematch, a rematch. of their uh, round of sixteen game at the World Cup, where, yeah. where I was at, where they nearly threw it away at the end, yeah, but um, almost did. Indeed. Yeah, I think it's it's it's, it's good promotional stuff. The, my one thing is that I hope doesn't happen is. I hope the big guns show up for this game. I hope they're not like, <laughs> oh, wait, do I want to fly to Australia June? to play? Yeah, mm, yeah. You know, I, we'll see about that. Eric Ten Hag was asked directly about Manchester United signing Neymar, and rather than knocking it down, he said, <laughs> quote, when we have news for you, we will tell you. Incredible. Jules, is he being a tease and getting you all oh, hot and excited for nothing? Yeah, he's being a tease. There's really nothing into this. They're I not going to sign Neymar? I mean, not nationally, not under this owner, with this sporting <laughs> director in place, with this manager. I, I mean, why would Ten Hag want Neymar? I don't know. And by the way, he plays where Marcus Rashford is playing uh, and playing really well. But... Uh, but yeah, they keep reporting that story. I can't maybe Monday night or Tuesday night. I can't remember exactly. Uh, knocked down very very quickly from everywhere. From no, not, not from not from Ten Hag. Not from Ten Hag. You know, from Buddy. people above Ten Hag. He's from, messing he's with Harvey. you. Right. Like, well, okay, okay, Eric. Whatever you know, whatever you want. Mikhailo Mudrik has had a rough time, of course, since joining Chelsea on the pitch in January. But now he's getting criticism for one of his social media posts, Gab. Yeah, so I sort of dove into this because I thought this is kind of weird and I missed it sorry so he's at the gym and he's filming an old man who's on a rowing machine with a personal trainer and you know as can sometimes happen when you're working out at the gym and you do a squat or whatever the guy's shorts go down and you see his butt crack right right and he thinks this is funny and he puts it out there and okay it's extremely puerile I am not going to lie it's the kind of thing I would find funny right but you're a public figure you're you play for Chelsea Football Club. You're making fun of an old man and a butt crack. It's like making fun of like you know a construction worker and a butt crack. crack. Do better. He's getting absolutely so, killed. Mikhailo Mudrić goes to a goes public to gym. gym. What? what? Why doesn't he go to the Chelsea Chelsea gym? Uh, the training know, maybe he doesn't live there. near Cobham. I, I don't know who the dude. He's got a Virgin Gym membership or David Lloyd or Pure I, Gym card with his name on it and his face. I have a Virgin membership. Do not knock the no, Virgin not, Gym. No, I'm not knocking. I'm just you're not Michael Mudrick, though. I, no, I don't know. Maybe it's another gym. I don't know. Maybe this dude was at Chelsea. <laughs> Although is, it's weird because the signage was all red. I don't know where the hell he was. But the point <laughs> that's is, amazing. it's just a stupid thing to do. <laughs> it is a it's just, just leave it out. Yeah. Jules, this brings us to an end. But we got to come back on oh, Monday. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to have... Our Bundesliga champions yeah. could be the old champions. Yeah. Could be the new, new champions. champions. Maybe a Liga champion as well. Who knows? 
Yeah, it could be. Probably will. And the last Premier League uh, round of games as well of this season. And we will find out the future of Leeds United. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself.